Welcome to the Illinois Wesleyan Titan Coaches Show on 88.1 WESN, where we have in-depth conversation with Illinois Wesleyan Titan coaches throughout all the sports, throughout all the season. Right here on 88.1 WESN. Coming up, your host, Derek Bowman. Welcome to the Titan Coaches Show. We got four coaches we're talking with today. We're going to talk softball with Coach Prager. We'll talk some golf with Coach Ott. Then we'll wrap up the men's volleyball season talking with Coach Mueller and then talk about Hornberger Field. Baseball team finally got to play there yesterday. They got some games coming up this weekend. Also, we'll talk with Coach Dennis Martell. You're listening to Titan Coaches Show on 88.1 WESN. Tonight's sponsor guest list is brought to you by Carl Hospital. Carl Hospital asking you to mask up and tighten up, try and stay safe, and be healthy. First off on the Titan Coaches Show this week is Coach Tiffany Prager of softball. And Coach Prager, we enter uh, this Coaches Show. You're on a seven-game win streak, if my notes are correct, including the tournament that you just concluded, uh, sweeping through the tournament with three wins, two against Chicago, and one against UW-Whitewater. Tell us what the feeling is about the team and how this weekend went with the whole St. Jude part of it also. Yeah, the St. Jude was a huge thing for us. Obviously, we've had a couple of players who have been touched by cancer. Um, Both are in remission, thank goodness. Uh, But that was a big weekend for us, and I thought that, uh, you know, obviously we're doing more than just playing softball on the softball field, and that's what's been big for us and this team. Um, our team theme this year is Pass the Torch, and I think that our, our team and, and really the whole athletic department did a great job of just bringing awareness to such a great cause and just really happy with that. Also happy with the way that our team has been playing. I think that we've played some of our most complete games um, to date this past weekend where, you know, really it was great pitching, great defense, great offense, and then good base running as well. And, and that's what we're looking to do as we continue on it and really make a push as we enter conference season as well. Well, I appreciate that you saved some of that uh, doing it great for me to be able to see at home at Inspiration Field. But what I saw this weekend from your ladies, you kind of mentioned it all, so we're going to hit different aspects of the game here. Let's start with the offense. The offense, it seemed like every game, two or three different hitters stepped up and had a really good game. Haley Earl had uh, four for four, I believe, in the game on Saturday, um, along with Jen Kuhn, three for three. Then Saturday morning, we had uh, Madison Moore hit a home run. Um, a couple other girls contributed. Sunday afternoon, some more stepped up. What's it like being able to get hitting from so many different players on the roster? Yeah, what I think it does is it makes it difficult for our opponent to game plan when anybody can step up and contribute at any given time. I mean, you saw it up and down the lineup, but you also saw it from folks that are entering the game from a pinch hit perspective in a Kaylee Bowers or a Natalie Grubzak or anybody that's capable of coming off the, you know, coming into the game and, and stepping up, whether it's pinch hitting or pinch running. We have a lot of difference makers on this team. And so we're just trying to find positions to put people in to be successful. Um, and I feel like everybody's stepping up in different ways. And that's what's really exciting about this team is any given day, any person can step up um, and, and be a big contributor in big and small ways. Well, I snuck over to the batting cage. I'm sure you probably saw me there behind the hitters um, on Sunday afternoon. And I was so impressed. Every single lady that stepped into that batting cage was hitting line drives. They weren't just popping the ball up or hitting the ground. They were line drive after line drive after line drive. And that just goes 
to the consistency that you're talking about. I love to watch batting practice when everybody's hitting the ball so well. Well, we appreciated you hopping over there. Um, you know, I think you've been just such a huge supporter and huge for us as well. But we do, we talk about hunting strikes. Uh, and then we talk about consistently just putting a good swing on a good pitch. We're not trying to hit home runs. If the ball goes over the fence, we're absolutely going to celebrate that. Um, but what we want are those consistent swings where we're, we're getting on plane early and we're staying on plane long. And that'll, that'll produce some, some consistent hitting. And then the ball will find its way over the fence if we do that, um, time and time again. But I would say that our, our team's approach has been tremendous. I think that they're swinging with a purpose and they're entering, uh, the batter's box with a game plan and that's a recipe for success. Well, the offense is so good, but you know, I know, everybody knows in sports, defense usually wins championships. Offense is nice, but a really good defense can shut down an offense. Two parts of that defense. Let's start inside the circle in the pitching. You got some great pitching this weekend. Uh, gave up three runs across all three games combined. Um, just, I don't even know where to start there. Uh, you mentioned Grubzik earlier. Uh, you got Bailey Turner who pitched well. Everybody who came in did such a good job. Tell us what the pitching philosophy is for the Titans. Yeah, I mean, it's game to game. We're, we're coming in with a game plan, but we obviously also fluctuate and, and have some flexibility with that game plan. Um, but I just think that each pitcher provides something different. So it's a different look, whether, um, you know, Bailey's in there and then we, we decide to go with Maddie Monk, at, you know, to finish the game. They both have such a different look that it's easy to keep hitters off balance. I think the other thing that the, all of our pitchers possess, which is huge, is that change of speed. You gotta be able to hit, keep hitters off balance. These hitters these days are just so dang good that you have to provide different looks. Um, and I've been really, really pleased with our pitching, really, um, starting with the, the Mammoth game and, and really throughout the whole course of the year. They have been tremendous, um, but I really think it's come together since starting with the, the Mammoth game there on March 25th. I think they've done a great job of, of trying to shut teams down, but, but also allowing their defense to make plays as well. And it's really nice when you know that you have a strong defense behind you. And I think that our pitchers are just one-pitch focused and really just trying to do the best that they can. And that's all we can ever ask of them. But uh, you're right. When you when you hold a, you know, within three games and you're only giving up uh, three runs, um, that's, that's a recipe for uh, a successful day for our whole team. Well, you talk about it. And the last game's one that's obviously most frequent in my mind or more most fresh in my mind, Bailey Turner, when you got her a little bit of lead, it seemed like she was just pounding the strike zone and daring the hitters to hit it, pitching almost like to weak contact and allowing, and you talked about the defense behind, allowing the defense to make those plays. Yeah, I, I think that sometimes, you know, pitchers in general can try and do too much, but what I really like about our staff this year is that they they are willing to, to just try and pitch to contact, pitch to weak contact, and I think all of them have just done a really good job with that. And a lot of that comes from, too, Coach Miller's philosophy um, with pitching with the pitching staff. I mean, each of them have their strengths, and really what we want them to do is just lean into those strengths and, and, and just not try to do too much. Just allow the defense to make plays um, because we've got a great defense behind them. But uh, I think each pitcher is doing a great job of just leaning into their strengths that they possess. Well, and now let's get to that defense. The The defense was incredible this weekend. Um, some spectacular plays, probably headlined by Jim Kuhn at shortstop. But the outfield also played so well out there, making some nice catches, some uh, good throws, kept the runners from advancing extra base. 
I believe it was uh, Fairfield who threw a strike home, and the runner was about halfway home from, and just turned around and went back. Didn't didn't think there was a chance when uh, the the throw was their home. But defense all around. Another play that sticks out. Uh, Ava Corey had a little bit of a struggle with the ground ball, but there was Bailey Turner standing at first base covering for a coming from second base to get the out. Just heads up play and good play by the defense. Yeah, I've been really proud of the way that our defense has come together. You know, we're asking some people to play different positions, but I just think that each person is just so dynamic in the way that they can play. And then I, I think that our range on defense altogether is just tremendous. I also think the other thing, too, is you're right. You mentioned Michaela Fairfield out there with, with the arm and, and the throw that she, she had to home, the strike that she threw. Um, she probably throws the ball about 80 miles per hour, if I had to guess. She's got one of the strongest arms that I've ever seen. Um, from an outfielder, really any division. And, 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 you know, you saw it on display with that play. Um, but Jen, too, I mean, she's playing a great shortstop. And I think a lot of that comes down to, too, not only her ability to just come ready to practice every single day, but also Coach Kimmy's ability to get players on the infield. She works with our infielders, get, get, getting all our, all our infielders to be comfortable no matter what position they're playing. And then we're asking, you know, Megan Fontanetta to play a little bit of right field and a little bit of second base. She's making that back and forth transition look really, really easy when in reality it can be pretty difficult to go from outfield to infield, but um, she's doing a great job and she really has that foundation from last year and, and this year to lean on. Um, but everybody's doing as much as we can possibly ask them to do, and they're ready to step up and step in no matter what their role is. Well, the goal up to this point in the season most for most teams is use the first half of the season to get your team ready for conference play. Conference play starts Saturday at Wheaton. Um, tell me what your outlook is on the season and how well you're prepared, ready to go into that CCIW conference schedule. You know, you always say that you're prepared. I feel like we've put together a great schedule up to this point in time, and I've been really pleased with the results. Uh, I think that the team is progressing, and each day I feel like we get better, and that's all you can ask for as a coach. Uh, I do think that our conference is one of the toughest conferences in the country, so we better be ready to play uh, right from the get-go. The biggest thing is, is just taking it one pitch at a time and one game at a time and not making it bigger than what it is. But we're looking forward to starting conference play. Uh, we're lo also looking forward to hopefully a good week of practice leading into that and getting prepared for Wheaton and Augustana to really kick off our conference play. But uh, been really pleased with the team and excited to see where, this, where the rest of the season is going to go. Well, just so our listeners know, your next four games are on the road, doubleheader at Wheaton on Saturday. Augustana on Sunday, but then you return home. You have one more non-conference matchup to go with DePaul next Tuesday, which will happen before our next coaches show. Uh, so we invite people to come out next Tuesday, 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock are those scheduled games, and then we get into the rest of the conference. Carol and Miller can come to visit, and we'll talk about them next week. But, Coach, we do appreciate you, as always, in the post game and here on the Coaches Show talking with us, giving us some insight to the Titan team and the ladies that you work with who aren't just great athletes. They're great people, great students in all aspects of the world. So thank you, Coach. We appreciate it, and we wish you well, and we'll talk to you. Well, we'll see you Tuesday at the game against the Paw. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you again for your support. And you're right. we got a great group of uh, young ladies that are representing our softball team in our university and couldn't be prouder of them. That is Coach Prager, softball coach for Illinois Wesley. We'll take a break, and we'll come back with another Illinois Wesleyan Titan coach 
You're listening to Titan Coaches Show on 88.1 WESN. That Titan Coaches interview brought to you by the fashion shop in Gibson City, home of big city selections and small town prices. The fashion shop in Gibson City, proud sponsor of Titan Athletic. Welcome back, Titan Coaches Show. Joining us now is Illinois Wesley men's golf coach, Coach Jim Ott. And Coach Ott, this past weekend you had the Illinois Wesleyan Invitational Tournament, able to play right there in Bloomington Normal. The weather wasn't the best. But tell me uh, your thoughts on the weekend and some of the highlights from your point of view. Yeah, we had a great weekend. First, it's nice to play at home, and plus we get to play our whole roster too, so everyone gets to play. So we had three teams um, entered. Probably the only bad thing over the weekend was the weather. It was just brutal. We tried to get in as many as we could on Friday. We got in 18 holes and then did five that we were supposed to do. on. We were supposed to start 18 on Saturday, the final round, but we did five about five on Friday night to get started, so only only had to finish 13 um, holes on Saturday, but still you're out there a long time. Uh, the, the first round on Friday took six hours, but we played outstanding. Um, con, condition, considering all the conditions, we shot five under par the first day, and I think we were 12 over uh, or 11 over the second day, so plus six as a team. We won by 22 shots. It was a very large field, 25 teams came in from pretty much all over the um, Midwest, Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana. Um, so we had a, a really good, strong field there as well, too. And, and we have five guys who finished in the top ten. So Bobby Bobine, who who played good in the fall, not great, is now playing great. Um, he finished second with the 69-73. Jimmy Morton, Finished third with a 69-74. Um, probably one of our nice bright spots was young freshman Quinn Clifford finished fifth with a 70-75. And then we also had a senior Justin Seymour had a top 10 um, as well, too. So, And then I believe Will Mummy also was had a top 10. Will shot 71-75. So really great five ten, top 10 finishes for the Titans out of a 130-player field. Well, and... To talk about the depth of your team, you mentioned you had uh, three teams there, um, and those five guys you mentioned were spread across the three teams. The three of those were on your on your A team or your green, whatever you you call that top team. And then, right. so you had one from each of the other two teams. That shows how competitive. And I'm assuming you probably had as your top five, your next five, and your third five. So someone in your third five finished in the top 10 overall that is that's outstanding just shows the depth that you have yeah what's pretty interesting is he was the last guy in on that team too he was the five man on the c team as well so and that helps us get better every every day too at at practice when you have good guys and you're competing against each other and pushing each other um, for spots in the lineup and spots in tournaments as well too but just so proud of those guys it's more than anything, it's a matter of being mentally tough. When you're out there in, in that misery and Saturday and it's wind chills in the 20s and the wind's just howling and then it starts raining and you can't use an umbrella because it's so windy that the umbrella's useless too. But they, they just hung on and we talk a lot and work a lot on mental toughness and it really came out for the guys. I'm very proud of what they did. Well, and part of mental toughness is preparation uh, knowing going in what it's going to be and being prepared for that. What are some of the things that you prepared the guys for, knowing the weather was coming, 
but also knowing it was a very familiar course. Yeah, I think from a mental aspect, it's your choice. You have a choice on how you you react and how you go to it. Um, Jack Nicholas always had a quote that said, when guys are complaining on the first tee or on the putting green, he always cuts them out. He always knows he's not going to have to worry about those guys um, in the tournament. And you can hear players from other teams complain. Our guys just have to accept it. You just have to go out and have fun. And we've practiced in some miserable weathers weather as well too so they know what it, what it's going to be like they know just to accept it it's the same for everyone so everyone's playing in the same conditions you're not going to have the same scores um that you do on a beautiful day and and you just go out there and grind so it's it's everything we talk about that that it's a choice and that certain things you can control certain things you can't control you can't control the weather but you can control your your attitude and, and how you feel impacts your attitude and then your your attitude ultimately affects your performance and your performance affects your results so once they really get that ingrained in and by the time they're juniors and seniors they really understand the importance of mental game and mental toughness it makes a, it makes a huge difference for the guys well and i like that you control what you control and uh deal with what you can't control because everybody has those same conditions one thing you can control is your schedule uh, somewhat. Uh, you can't control when tournaments are scheduled, but you can control which ones you uh, choose to apply to. The next one coming up is a D3 showcase in French Lick, Indiana. That's coming up in less than a week, Monday and Tuesday. And then uh, that Friday, Saturday, you're also playing in Springfield at the Rail Golf Course. Tell us a little bit about this D3 showcase. How many teams are going to be there? Uh, how how big of a event is this for the Titans to go to? Yeah, it's a big one. It's a brand new one. It's on a really good Donald Roth course at the French Lick Resort down in southern Indiana. I believe there's 20 schools that are going to be there, and I think 10 of them are in the top 20. So it's loaded. Um, Emory, Carnegie Mellon, Wittenberg, who are all ranked in the top five right now, will all be there. So that'll be a really good test for us to see where we are. So I've said all along, we're going to be a lot better in May than we were in September, and we've made a lot of progress to get where we are right now. So now it's a matter of let's. This will be another litmus test for us, and and where do we stand, and and how are we gonna how how will we play this weekend too? So another unique thing this coming weekend is we're doing a split squad. So our second team's going over to play in the Augustana Invitational. So again, it's an opportunity to get other guys competitive because our lineup's so deep and competitive that they'll play over there Friday, Saturday. And then, as you said, the D3 showcase in Southern Indiana will be our A-team lineup on 36 holes on Monday, 18 holes on Tuesday. And then we have a quick turnaround because the end of that week, we go down to the rail in Springfield and Illinois College hosts a tournament on Friday and Saturday of that week. So we'll be taking two teams down there as well again, for 10 guys to, to compete for spots in the lineup and, and it's nice a little bit closer to home because we're we're right on the the heels of final exams about to start and um get a lot of golf coming up here in the the next two weeks the, the final stretch before we get into the conference tournament and then the national championship well you must be reading the the notes i have in front of me of what i want to ask you because i was going to ask how do you when your your top five go to french lick how do you get the rest of the team to stay uh, competitive, to stay um, in tournament shape? And you mentioned going to Augustana, taking two teams down to 
Springfield. The question is, how do you decide who those five are, who the, the next five are? And I know it's very fluid from tournament. What are some of the things you look for uh, moving guys up um, and maybe guys getting bumped? Um, well, part of it is how they can handle pressure. Um, are they tournament tough? There's a big difference between playing golf in a practice round with your buddies versus playing an actual tournament when you're nervous most of the time as well. And then we look at their full body of work. So I don't look at just one weekend or two weekends. I want to know everything you've done from the first day you stepped on campus last August. And then we lay everything out. So I have our sheet right in front of us. Consider all the qualifying rounds and tournament rounds. Um, we've probably played close to 40 rounds of golf, competitive golf that, that count. I'm not, not like a practice round before a tournament right now. So I have a ton of data on each player. And then we look for trending too. So we're not going to just trend for one week or two weeks, but who's playing the best the last month? Um, who had the best fall as well? So. I always tell them your full body of work explains who you are and what, what you'll do. So we, we, we look at everything, not one round, not one course, not one tournament to make that decision. Well, Coach, we wish you luck this uh, coming Monday, Tuesday at the D3 Showcase and everywhere else that you have players playing in, uh, at Augustana and headed to Springfield. Uh, we thank you for joining us, and hopefully we'll catch up with you before you head out for the conference championships at the end of the month. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on, Derek. That is Coach Ott, men's golf coach at Illinois Wesleyan University. You are listening to Titan Coaches Show on 88.1 WESN. This interview with an Illinois Wesleyan Titan coach was brought to you by Nap Kitchens. Nap Kitchens, proud sponsor of Titan Athletic. Welcome back to the Titan Coaches Show. And joining us is our men's volleyball coach, Brandon Mueller. But more important than being the men's volleyball coach, it's dad. Congratulations, Coach, on the birth of your uh, second child. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's been a kind of a crazy week here. Um, but, yeah, we welcomed uh, Hayden into the world on uh, April 1st, and so she's an April Fool's baby. <laughs> well, I, I know that you won't be a fool with you raising her, you and your uh, lovely wife <laughs> taking care of her. I'm sure that they will uh, do well in whatever their endeavors are between uh, that one and the one you already have. So so two girls now, uh, are are you able to handle that? Uh, two two girls when they hit their teenage years? Uh, I, you know, that's a great question. I, I really, uh, that's going to be a challenge that, uh, that I've never faced and probably the biggest one that I'll ever face. So uh, we'll see in a few years. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a lot of coaches on staff that can tell you what it's like raising teenage daughters. So I know quite a few of them have them. But let's get to the volleyball. Um, unfortunately, you were not going into a match on Saturday against North Park with a chance to make the tournament because North Park had beaten Augustana a couple nights beforehand. But you went in still playing, uh, playing tough. And as I look at the scores, every set was right there. There was only one set that was not a point differential of two, and you fell to North Park in five sets. Tell me a little bit about your feelings on that match. Yeah, it was... Uh... You know, it was, it was a tough match. Once again, it was a lot of ups and downs throughout that match, kind of like, uh, you know, the whole season. But, you know, I thought we had some really good opportunities. To, took the first and the fourth set, and then, uh, you know, unfortunately couldn't get, couldn't get it done in the fifth set. But, you know, I thought our guys battled like, like they have all year. It was just, you know, unfortunately we couldn't make, you know, an extra play or two 
um, in that match. I thought, you know, the second set got away from us a little bit. As, you know, that was a really good opportunity for us to go up 2-0, and we let that kind of slip away. Well, you... The program's only two years old. You've had basically one and a half seasons to work with these young gentlemen. Um, just sophomores. The progress we have seen from day one to now is just amazing. To be able to play with a school out of the Chicagoland area that's been playing for years and be right then with them all the way in. And by the way, all of a sudden, two points except one. You won that one that wasn't within two points. You won that by nine. So, uh, Really outstanding, Master. How do you feel the team has progressed over the two years and what you thought the vision was when you started and where you are today compared to that? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I was never really sure how this was going to go in my head. I just knew that um, my goal was to continually get better. And, you know, it always starts with the, with the young men on the team and, you know, getting the right guys here. And I definitely think, you know, we, we got the right guys here. You know, this, these first two years have, have kind of shown that as, as, you know, I thought we took a huge step this year. And, you know, maybe, you know, I, I mean, we did it in the wins as well, but I thought, you know, more importantly, like, I thought we just competed with, you know, the really good teams, um, not every time, but, but a lot of times, which which was more important to me than than anything, just showing these guys that they, they can play with, you know, the top teams in the, in the country. Well, throughout the season you played, and I'm trying to do a real quick count here, you played five or six teams that were ranked. I believe seven teams that were or, or were mentioned in ranking the week that you played them out of your 23 matches. So basically about a third of your matches were against teams that were nationally ranked or, or on that level of at least being mentioned. And yet you still went 8-15 and 15 on the season. You won um, more than a third of your games in doing so against some tough competition. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, our conference is extremely tough, and, you know, I try to schedule some some really good non-conference opponents such as, you know, Dominican, Fontbonne, Aurora. Those are all really good teams that are still in the mix for the national tournament. So, um, like I tell my guys, it's the only way to, to get better is by playing some really good competition. And, you know, once again, it gives you a front-row seat to where we're trying to go and that's to be a championship program. And so if we want to be the best, you gotta, you know, you gotta beat the best. And we have to get over that hump of, you know, beating one of those teams in a match. We've done it in a, in some sets, but just not in a match. And so hopefully, you know, this pushes the guys to, you know, work hard for the next basically eight months so that we can, you know, shock the volleyball world next year. Well, let's talk about those eight months between now and the start of the season. What are some of the things to work on? How often are you going to be able to work with the guys and recruits coming in? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a, a tough balancing act, and you know, I really don't get a ton of opportunities to work with the guys these next eight months. You know, this summer is kind of them on their own, and that's you know, really where they have to you know transform their bodies, especially in the weight room. I think that's. Um, so, so big for us is, you know, I, I think we have to get a lot stronger, you know, going forward. And so that, that's a big part of, you know, our summer workout program and them kind of hitting that strong. And then, you know, when they come back in August, you know, that first semester, I only get 16 days with the guys to actually work with them with their volleyball skills. And so it's really not a lot of time. And so, you know, a lot of this is, is going to be up to them and, you know, kind of guiding them and helping them and, you know, um, telling them things that they need to work on, you know, these next eight months and, 
you know, hopefully they take advantage of, you know, the opportunities they have in the gym and, and every touch and, you know, lifting weights and, you know, nutrition as well. So Now, do they have the opportunity to play club-style volleyball between now and the start of your season? Uh, they do not. So it's all kind of, you know, just intramural stuff and just kind of pick up games and, you know, playing sand and grass and indoor over the summer. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just um, kind of for, it's really up to them. It's not really organized, you know, opportunities besides, you know, some of those summer tournaments that they can plan. Well, Coach, uh, congratulations on the success that you had this season. I know some people would look at 815 and go, whoa, not sure, but the growth, the success you had with the boys individually, you talked about getting better every single day. I saw that from match to match, how they got better. So I think you were very successful in reaching those goals. Congratulations on that. And congratulations again on being a dad a second time. Okay. I appreciate it. And thanks for uh, all the support all year. And, you know, I can't wait to get back at it next year. I can't wait to see you guys out there and how much more you improve next season also. We are talking with Coach Mueller, Illinois Wesleyan Men's Volleyball, uh, as they wrapped up their season. We appreciate all your time with us, and we will see you again. Uh, well, I guess it will be January by the time you have your next match. <laughs> yep. So you are listening to the Coaches Show on 88.1 WESN. This Titan Coaches interview brought to you by Holiday Inn Express West, proud sponsor of Titan Athletic. Joining us now on the Titan Coaches Show is baseball coach Dennis Martell. Coach Martell, uh, it's finally happened. You finally got to play a home game this season. Yeah, it's a 40-game schedule, and game number 19, we finally get to play at Hornberger Field. So, um, But, you know, that's that's northern baseball and with weather and, and all the things you deal with. But, boy, it was sure nice playing playing at home, and the kids loved it. Well, well, we'll talk about the field and being able to play on it, and you got some games coming up there in a moment. But let's start with the games you've already played this past week. Let's start with the conference opener headed up on Sunday after having to rearrange the schedule due to weather and the field condition and everything else. Headed up to Carthage, take on Carthage, and the offense looks like it was very awake for that first conference game, winning 23-1. to yeah, we we caught him at a good time. Their their starter, who I think is one of the best pitchers in the league, got hurt in the pregame. So, you know, they had to switch pitchers. But we just had great at bats. We hit the ball hard all over the field. Uh, and then sometimes when you get up there, um, uh, get up big, eight, nine, ten. You know, the other team kind of throws down, saving his pitching for the next game. And I think it was just a perfect storm of all that. And, you know, us being as good a hitting team as I think we can be. Um, so I thought it was a great win. We played well defensively. Scott Minocchio went uh, five innings and just really kind of, I thought, manhandled him. So, you know, good to get off, you know, in the conference season, you know, with, with a win the first game. And uh, credit to the kids. I mean, I, I thought they they did a really good job of, you know, getting focused and, you know, jumping on them early with, with some great at-bats. Well, the conference schedule continued then yesterday. Your first home game of the season, playing against number nine in the nation, North Central. Uh, started out early, got up a little bit early, but then the offense kind of went dormant and the uh, North Central bats woke up a little bit. 
fell in that game nine to three. Tell us a little bit of your viewpoint from that. You know, they're they're good. They're, they're really good. I I felt that you know the first inning the, their pitcher walked for um, got you know walked in a run and we I, I thought we should have you know been up five six nothing after two innings and to their pit, pitcher's credit they kept it small and I thought the first two innings three innings their pitches were effectively wild <clears throat> meaning they were all over the place but we really couldn't get very good swings and then. I think our guys kind of struggled. We chased uh, some bad pitches early. Uh, the first three innings, I think we struck out six times. And we had guys in scoring position. But, I, you know, they were so all over the place that sometimes it throws you off as a hitter. You're, you're not expecting anything. When you're facing a guy who's just thought in the corners, he's easy to hit because he's around the plate. These guys were all over. Then they threw some breaking balls in the dirt. We chased. Um, and then our bullpen just, you know, we brought in some young kids. And, and, and again, part of our the process this year is the growing process for young kids. And they fixed a good team. And um, little things that a coach looks at, they scored nine runs. Eight of them were scored with two outs. So we had a chance, to, you know, to get out of the inning and keep it small. Um, five of the nine runs were scored with – two outs, and two strikes on the hitter. So we were a pitch away from getting out and realistically it being a four to three game. And that's just youth on the mound. And that's what struggles. And then they brought in their two main guys in the bullpen at the end and they just shut the door on us. And so it was a frustrating game. But, you know, again, we're, we're still really a work in progress. We, we did get one of our best arms back yesterday, Jacob Cyrus, who hasn't thrown for three weeks. That's, that's going to be a big, a big key for us. We did get, you know, three freshmen in the game yesterday. Four, I should say. I'm sorry. Four freshmen in the game. Great experience. I keep telling the team, you know, April 20th is my date. That's, that's the day. That's going to be the halfway point where, okay, now we're going to start seeing some you know, improving on guys. They're going to have more bats, more innings pitched. Um, and we're so we're so young on the mound. And three of the three of the uh, six spots in the lineup were by freshmen. So once we get some things cleaned up and get on a more consistent schedule, we'll be better. And then here, here's another one for people out there. We have not yet had a real on-the-field batting practice with everything going on, like a real practice session because our field wasn't ready. Uh, so we really couldn't get a lot of things done. And even in Florida, we had one practice, but it was limited. Couldn't hit on the field. So it's one of those that we haven't even had a full practice. Now you, you know, a basketball team, gosh, they get – you know, 22, 23 full-court practices before they play a game. It'd be, be like us playing half-court and playing half your season before you're allowed to start scrimmaging full-court. You're not going to be very good. And so that's why I think we're going to get better and better as time goes on. And hopefully the weather clears up and we're able to get some time outside and 
I, I think we'll make some great strides, but the weather is just kind of throwing everybody off. And, you know, with our field still being fixed, worked on, um, you know, now we're actually able to, you know, get some things done on the field. And I think that will be, that'll be a great improvement for us. Well, I know one of the things when, when I played college ball way, well, back last century, we'll just say that. Um, <laughs> I, I know it was always easier when we started playing those games and played consistently. Well, talking about playing consistently, coming up this weekend, you have a doubleheader Saturday, a game Sunday, a game Monday, one day off, then a game Wednesday, a day off, doubleheader Friday, another game on Saturday, and it, it's like you're going to start hitting that routine, that rhythm, and as you said, hopefully smooth some of those things out. Let's talk about those games uh, coming up this weekend. Elmhurst, doubleheader at Helmer, Elmhurst, so back on the road. But then Sunday, home game against Carthage. Hopefully the weather's supposed to be fairly nice. And Monday, even a little bit nicer as uh, you move the game from Friday against Wheaton to Monday uh, to get a much nicer day out there at the field. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about the, the matchups with those three teams. Well, you're right. You know, there's a chance to, to play three days in a row where you're playing baseball and get in a groove and get in a rhythm. Um, and I think that's key with baseball players. And you just the more bats you get, the better. And, you know, we've got all of our games in so far, but we haven't been able to practice. And so, you know, it's a nice day. We've been able to get the game in. But we can't practice today we're off friday supposed to, um thursday supposed to be rain we'll be inside friday supposed to be cold and maybe some snow we're going to be inside and then we got three days in a row so we're not even going to be outside for the next two days it's and that's the crazy thing about baseball my gosh it's you know what we do and how we do it you know the indoor sports they have no clue uh what we put up with but it'll be it'll be it'll be good for us we'll um We'll exhaust our pitching staff. Uh, we're going to have to have a couple guys, uh, Scott Monocchio, Jacob Duffy on Saturday. You know, those guys are going to have to give us, you know, a good five, six, seven innings. Uh, Jacob Cyrus, we're going to throw on Sunday. <clears throat> we need to get a good, you know, five, six innings out of him. And then Monday will be a staff day where we're going to throw five, six, seven guys. And you know what? It's up to them to, you know, figure it out and so again the experience more playing time we're going to get better and better so yeah looking forward to it basically have eight games in the next um, 10 days so hopefully the weather holds off starts warming up and we can get on the run a little bit well you talked about the differences between uh, basketball and baseball basketball getting out on the court and getting all those practices in full court and you can simulate basketball volleyball a lot of those indoor sports um, game situations and baseball it's a lot harder to do that when you can't get outside on the field I know batting practice off a machine is totally different than hitting live pitching even hitting in the cage against live pitching is different than hitting out on a field what uh what do you talked with the the guys to be able to the focus they're hitting try and fine-tune that with not seeing a lot of live pitching in-game situation you know, you just, I always tell them, anytime you can get a ball thrown at you, whether it's off a machine, off an arm, uh, hitting off a tee, you're swinging, you're staying sharp, but there isn't anything like being outside, 
in the game with a guy pitching. Tomorrow, for example, Thursday, we're going to be inside. We've got like seven pitchers. We need to throw live. We need to get some live at-bats. But, but we switched it up. Like tomorrow, we'll have um, pitchers throw, and they're going to start with a 2-2 count because we need to work on some put-away pitches for the pitchers. And for the hitters, our two-strike approach has to get much better. So we kind of t- challenge them a little bit, change it up just from, you know, the regular get in there, I get my live at-bat. Uh, you may get, you know, 10 at-bats tomorrow, but they're all going to be with two strikes, which we have to do a better job of um, in, that, in, that, in those situations. So, but yeah, it, it, it's hard. You, anytime you can get a ball thrown to them off a machine, off an arm, you do what you can to get them ready. And then, honestly, when it comes to game time, you hope everything you've been doing puts them in the right position, and you also hope that you just have talented kids that – have that hand-eye coordination that can barrel up balls and, you know, they're good enough to get you through. Well, early in our conversation, uh, we referenced uh, the first game on Hornberger Field since uh, the resurfacing of it and all that. Tell us, how did it play? How does it look? Um, is it is it there or are there still some things that need to be done? It is done. Uh, everything's ready. We played last night on the turf. It's it's a thing of beauty. Uh, with the with the drizzle rain we had yesterday, I'd have been out there. Um, would have had tarps on the mound and home plate. We probably would have put twenty bags of diamond dry, raking it in, mud, mucked, you know, you name it. And I didn't do a darn thing. <laughs> after the game, I talked to him. I said, okay, after thirty six and a half years here, here's the deal. Back it up. We're done. With no field work tonight. And they all looked at me and they started laughing. And it was like it was such a great thing. Um, field play is great. Uh, it, it was it was fantastic. I just loved how it played. Uh, the ease of it all. Um, if we if we hadn't had turf yesterday, we may not have played because we got quite a bit of rain early in the day. So very pleased with it. And I can't thank. Um, Mike Wagner enough. Uh, Mike is uh, was the he got it. Denny Bridges started the project, so I got to give him a lot of credit. Mike finished it with the fundraising, and boy, it's just it looks like a million bucks. And everybody that was there last night said, "Boy, this looks great." And uh, you know, we'll probably get more home games out of it because you know people's fields are not ready, and we can play more at home, host more games, which means less travel. So, great! It's a great thing. I, I am so excited to say the least. How do the infielders feel about? It? Have they played enough on it yet to get used to that they're going to get a true hop, but it's probably going to be a little bit faster than what the what they've had in the past. Yeah, it's a, just a different infield mix. It's not the rubber. <clears throat> it's kind of more uh, better for the uh, environment. It's a, it's called ecofill. Plays more like grass, so it's not as bouncy. Uh, it's probably slower than most turf fields are, but they're so used to it. Kids nowadays, there's so many turf fields that they play on that I would say an 18-year-old kid coming in as a freshman into college has probably played as many games, if not more, on turf than they have on grass. That's just the way baseball is being played now in the Midwest. A lot more all-turf facilities. 
So, so not a lot of adjustment for the for the players because of the experiences they've had at other places uh, on their way up to Illinois Wesleyan. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I always I always, I always thought when a team that played on turf came to my place and played on grass, we had an advantage. But I will say this: our kids in Florida, we played four games on on dirt and we played really well. So I think you know baseball is baseball, fielding ground balls, or, but I you probably do get a little lazy on turf where when you're in the dirt and grass you got to be more focused because there may be just a little bit of a you know bad bounce here there or you know but i'll still take the turf right now after all these years <laughs> well coach i do appreciate you talking with us hopefully when we talk next week we're going to have a lot more success at hornberger field uh not just with victories but just enjoying the turf and uh, you being able to tell the guys that when the game's over, it's time to go. They don't have to do field work. Yep, I look forward to it. And let's hope for good weather as well. <laughs> Absolutely. The head is Coach Dennis Martell, Illinois Wesleyan Baseball. You are listening to Titan Coaches Show on 88.1 WESN. That Titan Coaches interview brought to you by the Fashion Shop in Gibson City, home of big city selections and small town prices. The Fashion Shop in Gibson City, proud sponsor of Titan Athletics. That'll wrap things up here on the Coaches Show. want to thank our guests, Coach Prager, Coach Ott, Coach Mueller, and Coach Martell for being with us on the Coaches Show. Again, special congratulations to Coach Mueller on that baby girl that was born over the last weekend. want to thank you for listening and for downloading. You've been listening to Titan Coaches Show on 88.1 WESN.